Hello, hello, hello. This is Tooth Be Told, Dr. Kyle Dumpert. This is Dr. Kyle Walter. Uh, this is Dr. Kyle Walter. <laughs> this, is, see, this is how long it's been. This is, <laughs> Dr. Walter Aka, you know. Maybe, maybe I want your name now. I want your name. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Uh, but we actually have a very, very special guest. We have somebody that, you know, uh, so the way this happened was I actually met her on a, a clubhouse. She was hosting one of the pre-dental uh, classes or groups, you know, and Clubhouse for anybody that doesn't know is like this up and coming. And I feel hip. I feel I feel young when I'm on this. <laughs> you know, uh, it's an up and coming, uh, uh, basically app. Uh, and it's only for uh, the funny thing. It's only for uh, 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 Apple users, not for Android. So that's another thing that kind of makes me feel distinguished and, and, and exclusive. And exclusive. I'm, I'm discriminated exactly. against. No, for sure. Android. Yeah, <laughs> you're never going to get on, you know, and then you have to be invited, you know, so I was invited and I got a chance to listen to these dental students or pre-dental students and some dental students. And I mean, Kyle, when I say that there are so many times we sit on this podcast and we complain and we're going to do that today, we're going to complain, but, <laughs> you know, but, but we sit and we complain so much. And then we listen to some of these pre-dental students that want to be like us. And mm -hmm. I'm always very confused as to why you want to do what we do. We, yeah. we, we complain so much that you would thought that they would be like, no, get out of here. I'm not yeah. doing this. Yeah. Dentistry is not yeah. for me. But every single year, there's so many students that want to apply for dental school. I'm still confused. But I bet you people that were older than us were very confused as to why we were applying for dental school. Right, right, Kyle? right. right. You know? so, 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 so Paola um, uh, Beneful, you know, please correct me if I'm, I'm not saying that right. It's Paula. Uh, Paula. Paula. Yeah. Paula. You know, and, and so she basically connected with me, and and she called me out. Actually, it was funny. She called me out. She's like, "Hey, Doctor Aka, you know, I uh, messaged you on Instagram two weeks ago, and you hadn't replied." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh my lord!" You know, and if anybody if anybody knows me, they know that I'm horrible with like social media. All of a sudden, right? like he's I just stuck up. He does he doesn't like to talk to people. He's just stuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so so Kyle knows me very well. So that's actually the truth, probably. You know, but uh, you know, so I I felt horrible. And and the funny thing is, like when I went on my social, when I went on uh, Instagram, I saw all these messages, and I was like, my lord. I mean, thank God she called me out because it was a mess. It was a complete mess. But I wanted to bring her on because of her story. I mean, I've never heard uh, uh, this story before. You know, we have so many different people that one day applying to dental school. You know, oh, I love teeth. And, oh, my mom or dad's a dentist. And, oh, I saved the whole country's teeth and mouth and all this extra stuff that people always apply for, right? But I've yeah. never heard uh, uh, somebody who's actually applying for dental school gets into dental school but had to go through so much. You know, uh, and, and and I mean, truly, when I when you when you listen to her resume, if I was going against her uh, applying for dental school, I would hope that the school would take her before me. And I say that and I'm very full of myself and I would say that. <laughs> <in heartbeat. laughs> like, I would hope that a school would take her before me because she's doing so much, you know, that I don't understand uh, uh, how any school would reject her anyway. But we're going to hear her story. Uh, she is actually a DACA, uh, uh, you know, uh, applicant or, or student. And, and for me, and I'm going to speak from my ignorance here, I always thought DACA, I hear DACA and I think, you know, Hispanic or, or Central American or so forth, but you never think African. 
You never yeah. think anything outside of that, you know. And 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 most people don't realize that the 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 entitlement of Deca uh, uh, Deca or Daca comes from the fact that you pretty much overstay your visa, right? And you're undocumented. You know, you hear that so much, and you see what's going on in the news, but you never think outside of our, our of our borders, right? Right, the Canada and, and, and Mexico border. And so we're gonna hear her so, story and I think it's just incredible. And I, I wanna, I have so many questions. I have so many questions and Kyle is, is the same way I am. We, we ask a lot of questions. So forgive yep, absolutely. us if, if, if we get too personal or if we, if there's a question you just like, you know what, I just don't wanna answer that. <laughs> we're okay with that. You know, you yep, and I yep. are, you know, you know, you and I are, are, are like, you know, brother and sister because we came from Ghana both, you know, so yeah. we were representing Ghana. And I, I consider Kyle to be an unofficial Ghanaian as well. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, cool, he's cool enough to be in this situation. You know? <laughs> Listen, okay. we're, we're going to take him to Ghana one day, you know? Okay. I, mean, I love we're, that. Love you know, that. We're going to take, take him to Ghana one day. But, you know, I wanted, I wanted you to come on. So we're going to start from the beginning. Yeah. Tell me your story and that I want you to include what happened with your parents as well. So start from the beginning, tell me what happened in 2016, 2015, and so forth. Okay. Um, okay. Well, so I was born in Verona, Italy, in Ghana. Oh, sorry, in Italy. Yes. <laughs> yes, I was born in Verona, Italy, um, two Ghanaian parents. Um, and yeah, we came to America in early 2000s and my parents had a tourist visa. And unbeknownst to me, um, at the age of five, I fell out of status because they overstayed their visa. Um, there's a lot of talk amongst our community. And I, when I say community, I mean specifically those I grew up with in Columbus, Ohio, um, who are immigrants or refugees about how immigration really changed after 9-11. We came June 2000 and 9-11 happened in 2001, right? And so a lot of immigration, um, applications just were were null if that makes sense so like you've already paid your you've already paid to like either extend your your tourist visa or your status and they can't find it or um the application that you use was old or not the current one that they want you to use they want more information so you have to start over again and i don't know about you but immigration fees are expensive yeah um, currently um well let, let me can i just say real quick um, yeah. most people don't if you know me and, and, and know my history most people don't realize that i didn't become an, a, a citizen until uh 2000 uh i'm sorry sorry until uh 1998 okay so i was 17 i was 16 17 when i mm -hmm. became a citizen so i had a green card yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And it takes yeah. a long time. Most yeah. people don't. I mean, I, I don't think people realize how long it takes to become yeah. a citizen. You yeah. know, it's a lot that you have to go through and a lot of things you have to understand. And if you're 18 or older, you have to take a test. But if you're 17 or, or 18 and younger, you don't have to take a test. You pretty much just kind of sign some paperwork and you're a citizen. Yeah. But yeah. the process right. is still 10 years. What what made your parents decide they wanted to come to the United States? Paula? Okay, so, you know, it's actually really interesting because I, over, since the pandemic happened, I actually decided to start writing their bibliography, oh. and I just realized... Oh, she's like, a writer, by the way. She's <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot. Yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy writing journaling, um, but their main reason was that um, 
you know, with their level of education, it, it, it limited them just to Africa. And so my dad was an accountant. He was also a math teacher. And they, it's just like the, you're not getting paid enough for what you do or you're not getting, like your your income is so based on like the economy that you're not even making a livable wage like year to year, six months to six months. And then on top of that, if you are gonna raise your kids, that's a whole different, like the whole structure of like public schooling here in America, which is free, is not common. And so um, they really just really wanted a better opportunity, not for them, just themselves, but their children because they knew they were going to have them. Um, so when the opportunity came, they went like, you don't, it's either it's, and it's actually sad because my dad graduated from college, but you can't find a job. And that's also a sentiment that many people even today have in Ghana. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So continue um, with your story. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, so where was I? Yeah. So they, they basically fell out of status. Um, and then I didn't even find out I was undocumented until middle school. And I was, I was just like Dr. Watts, you know, like I was like, oh, I thought like DACA people on, uh, or like at that time there was no DACA, but undocumented people, illegal people were like Latinos. I didn't know it was affecting me. Like (laughs) you didn't know you were Um, one of them. (laughs) And then then, like my dad, and I think what really made me know was they wanted to do like, um, okay, so, you know, I like writing. They wanted us to go kind of do like this literature thing in Canada, like where you just visit all like the monumental places for poetry and things like that. And he was like, you can't leave this country. And I was like, why, (laughs) like, why? And he was like, haven't you, we're on like we don't have papers like you can't come back and then um what really well then it just it just started to like open my eyes of like things that were happening in my family that was so it made sense like my family was church library home i did nothing else like people went to parks and all these things like i know we were actually like hiding and trying to limit our movements all throughout um and my youngest sister she's she's born here so she's an american citizen so i would just notice sometimes like my sister would be able to go to the doctor or go to the dentist and i'd be like why can't i get these things (laughs) like and they're they're like no we can't afford that for for you and um i was just like okay well my mom here she is being a herbalist like put like i don't like she's using all these Ghanaian remedies and products to really heal some wounds that I feel like I should have gone to the doctor for like I I could I I, have, I should have stitches on my finger when I fell but it's healed naturally with like a band um mm-hmm. a bandage but mm-hmm. that's how we made it through um but how I knew I I really wanted to steer my life towards dentistry was actually because um I realized because you know I'm so involved in church that many of us and um many of us were not getting dental care um and i knew at that time it was just like dental care med care so i i went i went to ohio state university and they did this med camp um for the entire summer and they just taught every part of the body we like use live cadavers i was really interested but then when it came to the teeth it's like they stopped mm-hmm. and i was like okay when are we going to learn about like the teeth like or is the teeth not important because i know my sister goes to the dentist and they're like oh no you know we study medicine and i was like i thought dentistry was a part of medicine like i mm-hmm. i'm confused um and so i literally went to, i was bold i went to the program director who was just like visiting i was like can i set up a meeting to talk about um adding dentistry to this program because I want to learn more about it. Um, never been to one. 
And um, she agreed. And so that was like my first advocacy moment for dentistry. And then I was like, you know what, if I can advocate for this medical institution to include dentistry in like their medical programs, then maybe I can also find a way to do that for my community and like figure out ways to get them help. Um, and then I literally Googled um, like, Ghanaian dentist on Google, like, or even I even went to like through the dental catalog and I was looking at the last names. I was like, which one sounds African? Like, as long <laughs> as I can get something close uh, to my heritage, someone who will understand what I mean when I say like, we are like not getting care because we're scared. Um, and I couldn't find some in Ohio. Um, so I couldn't do shadowing in high school. But when I went to college, that's when I was able to find Dr. Corte, who is in Brooklyn, New York. Mm. Um, and it, I was so excited just to meet her and just to see how she cared for her patients. And like her staff were like so cool. And like they're always having her back. And she was like, y'all, I don't know. She just, like she would, like they, I just like the support system that I saw for her and like the flexible schedule. And she was real. She even told me like, dental school is expensive. I wouldn't go at this time. And I was just like, what do you want me to do? Like, I was like, I was just like, well, what option do I have when it's like, I, I really like the arts um, yeah. and I want a, a stable career as a woman. And I want to make it uh, mean something, have it to be meaningful um, for my community. And she was just like, okay, go ahead. I'll support you full on. But yeah, money's expensive. <laughs> You know, it's a, it's a, it's amazing yeah. that every dentist. I feel like we all say the same thing. Are you yeah. sure you want to do this? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. we went through it, right? Yeah. And we're always yeah. saying, "Are you sure you want to do this?" Like, it's expensive, and I think that's like the biggest reason why. It's almost like we're looking out for your pockets, even yeah. though we shouldn't. We have no right to do that. We're, yeah. we're we're sitting there telling people, "Are you sure you want to do this?" Because in in the end. I feel like dentistry has gotten to the point where it's just so unrealistic when it comes to the amount of money they're charging mm -hmm. for what you get. That it mm -hmm. just—I it, it, mean, we talk about this all the time. Listen to any podcast, you'll you'll hear us saying like it's ridiculous how much dental schools are charging. And if anybody's listening, who you know, the dean of a school, I, I think you're a rip off rip off artist. And if you want to come <laughs> on and, and and prove me wrong, by all means, please do. I have no, yeah. I have nothing. You know, no one. I don't owe anybody anything. So, 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 please come on and prove me wrong because I actually think that you're a rip off. You're a rip off artist. But anyway, yeah. Um. So I, I, I couldn't like. I think for me, what was hard is that, um, I couldn't see myself in another career. Mm -hmm. I, I really tried, uh, being a lawyer at some point too, doing like debates and things, um, but I just. I didn't want to talk all day <laughs> like and I understand I would I'm still going to do that with dentistry but like I want to work with my hands um so that didn't work and then um literally the day before my birthday in 2016 I believe um Obama created this executive order um called DACA and it stands for deferred action for childhood arrivals mm -hmm. and what that really meant was that for the past 10 years, if we've lived here for 10 years, we have to prove evidence that we've been here for 10 years. We have to show that we're contributing to the community. We have to show that, you know, we don't have any criminal records. Even a misdemeanor could get you not to have a, a DACA status. Um, and, you know, if you pass all these preliminary checks, then you would be given a social security card, which will then allow you to get a driver's license and a work permit. And so those are the three benefits I get from this program. Yeah. And um, 
yeah, I, I just, I just honestly felt like this was God telling me. And I, I must say like my two older sisters who are all five years apart from me, um, they didn't get this chance to go to college. And I always saw my older sister as the brightest. Like I, I always like, she always dreamed about going to Ivy League. Um, my other sister always wanted to travel the world. And just to see that, like, once they were, they were, you know, graduated high school in the top 10% of their school, they came home to work illegally. And that was really bothersome. And I saw how hard they worked just to, like, save money. And I, I just, I didn't want that. I didn't right. want to be in the shadows anymore. And so I feel like that is what drew, drew, uh, drove me so much in high school to, like, do so well and try to find a way. Um, I did the Fulbright Scholarship. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Where it's no, like, tell us. Okay, so the Fulbright Scholarship, to my understanding, I hope I'm not, I hope I'm not calling another scholarship by its name. But there's basically a scholarship that gives. Um, it doesn't matter if you, it doesn't matter if you have status, but they allow you to go to any Ivy League or like these other prestigious schools um, for that stat um, if you apply through there. And um, I got waitlisted. <laughs> Um, even there. So I was just like, oh man. But then even when I was looking at that wait list um, and it was at Yale, I, it was like 70,000 per, per year. And my mom yeah. was very clear. I, I'm not, I, I can't, I just, yeah. as a single mom, she was like, nope, that yeah. I can't support you. That's, I don't know how you're going to do it. Listen, <laughs> if, if your mom is, if your mom is listening, uh, when this comes to, I'm going to tell her right now. As a doctor, there's no way in heck I'm going to have any of my kids yeah. <laughs> charge seventy five thousand. No I don't care how much I make. That's not happening. You're finding for, a full for, ride for undergrad. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. Right, like that's crazy. That, there's no way because in four years, you're telling me your four year degree is worth thirty, you know, three hundred thousand. That's yeah. a house. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. So tell your mom. Listen. <laughs> You know, single mother or not, like, no, no, she was right. I don't care yeah. what status you are. You are, that's that's ridiculous amount. Of yeah, I don't, yeah. you know. So she she should not feel bad in any sense no, of the word. No, she trust me. Mama would be like, yes, of course, <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> for what education when it's been free up until this point? That's yeah, right. My mom was, yeah, my mom was not for that, and she just, she, you know, we we prayed and. I ended up getting a full ride scholarship at a smaller college in Kentucky called Berea College. And I was so floored by how loving that, that place was. Um, they gave me a free laptop, full tuition and room and board. Um, they paid for me to go to New York to shadow like all oh, wow. expenses, like groceries, like hotels, um, oh. transportation. I even like when I, and they'll even like um, pay for you as well to like visit dental schools or like whatever graduate profession you wow. want that's in a different state. So like when I, that place is a golden egg and I, I love, I am so grateful to that place. It's really- What's the name? Fun. What's the name again? Berea, B-E-R-E-A college. And it's okay. in Kentucky. And what about, did you have to uh, do like a special application for that or just apply no, for that? The application is also free. Okay. And is that just available for DACA or is that no, available no, no. for so everybody? This actually, this is available for everyone, but they their mission is actually to serve middle and low income communities. Oh, so, okay. um, yeah. That's awesome. And is it like a liberal arts college or is it? It is a Christian liberal arts college. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. So, so again, we just dropped a gem right there. Uh, so, <laughs> 
so fast forward, right? So you uh, went through undergrad completely free. Yeah. You got a chance to shadow, you know, for free. Like literally, you're speaking my language, right? Free. I'm here. Kyle, tell me if I'm wrong. We're here. Hey, I'm just waiting to chime in because it, this, this was a private private college, right? Benno? Yes, uh, it is the, a private college. Yeah. Okay. So the. I'm going to get political a little bit right now because oh, if you go to a <laughs> if you go to a government school, you have to worry about following all the the government subsidies and uh, how much they're getting for taxes. But that's one of the benefits of private industry is they can offer these kinds of things through charities and other things and really funnel that money to where it needs to go without that government bureaucracy oversight that really siphons a lot of that off. So you're you're able to benefit a lot more from that. So I, I think that's great. I 100% agree. Um, Berea was, I mean, they're in their league of their own. Like for instance, when DACA was being, was taken away in 2017, they, um, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard in the news about like uh, shelter cities or safe yeah. cities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, LA, yeah. Seattle. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. They were able to be the first one in the South to do that for us. And what wow. that meant was like if ICE, which they were, if ICE was coming through our city um, looking for people or asking people, because the DACA students, we were the first one in their in like in their history of accepting undocumented students. So people knew us, like we were only seven. <laughs> so right. like if any person um came by and was like, Oh, do you know of any undocumented or illegal people? Like, you know, if a name was released we were then taken <laughs> you know yeah. there's no due process or anything like that um so but they protected us from that um and they even when daca was taken away they gave us that promise that you can finish your four years here like we won't just like leave you alone because you suddenly fell out of status because of the president so we were able wow. to finish our degree wow so, yeah, they did a the, lot the uh i, I think <laughs> In my experience, anyway, which born and raised, you know, all American kind of what people think of uh, immigration is a tough subject because on one hand, you want the best and the brightest coming in. You know, that's what makes America what it is, is you have all these different cultures coming together, all these different eyes looking at it from different backgrounds. And that's really where I think America gets its strength because we want those, the best and brightest that are willing to come here. You know, if you look at some of the, most of the self-made millionaires in the country, they've come from nothing. They've built everything up. They're not afraid of hard work. There's no sense of entitlement, nothing like that. Uh, then there's, on the other hand, there's the, the whole legal process that you have to go through, which again, the government makes things more complicated than it needs to be. Um, so it's that there's not an easy fix, I think, because it's trying to find that middle ground where you can't be heavy handed on one side or the other saying, let everybody in versus, uh, you know, don't let anybody in. There's this happy medium. And I, I, I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is what is that happy medium where we can get the best and the brightest here and give everybody the opportunity of working towards a better life. And I, I would even go further to say that the, the way that they currently have this medium is by um, setting up like a, a, a monetary limit. Like for mm -hmm. instance, if you have if you have been here for ten years and you want to, you know, um, assimilate and become a citizen, then you have to pay 
$2,000 just for the immigration fees. And that's not including a lawyer, but you wouldn't be able to do it, read those documents and know what to exactly put without a lawyer, which can go on upwards of 3000 and more. Yeah. So yeah. that that is the bit, that is their medium of like, okay, if you want to be a part of the society, you pay, pay up for not being um, a citizen. And it, it's kind of, it's really hard because it's like you have all these people who are eager to be citizens and want to pay that fee. Um, and then I think what has always been a bother to me is when people are like, oh, go through the legal way. And it's like, okay, there's that fee to become legal yeah. and I'm illegal. So therefore I have to do some illegal things to get to that legality of a status. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's just, it's just so, but I think it's just such a gap there um, definitely needs to be reformed. Yeah. You know, you know, it's funny to me. Um, <laughs> Uh, there are a lot of people who are citizens born in the U.S. that are completely u useless to the U.S. Oh, system. Yeah. Completely oh, yeah. useless, right? Yeah, absolutely. Have, right, right. And then you have <laughs> you guys can say that. No, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna. I'll say, I'm gonna I'll say, say it too. I'll say it too. Thank you. They're completely useless, right? And then you have somebody like uh, Paula here who is actually doing a lot you right. know, uh, educational wise and, and just being able to give back. And, and so I always say that a lot of people, you know, they think DACA and they think, oh, these people are just trying to sneak in and do it. There are some people that are truly like her who are actually going to benefit society, you know? And I think we, our mindset just needs to change a little bit to say, okay, we can't bundle everybody into one group. Right. And that's the problem with, with, with politics now is we like to try to bundle everybody in one group. Exactly. You know, I I know this is not a politic uh, podcast because we would actually be only have one episode, but uh, <laughs> you know, but but really, what it comes down to is we always want to say, hey, we're in dental, right? But but dentists are also smart enough to understand that there are colleagues that we have international, right? Kyle, I, I can guarantee you when you were taking. Uh, you, when you get your master's and your doctorate for for general dentistry, that you actually had dealt with international doctors right. who lecture to you and so forth. And dentistry allows us to work collaboratively, international or not. Right? A mm -hmm. lot of the great lectures that I've heard were international doctors come in mm -hmm. and lecture to us about procedures and techniques and stuff like that that I incorporate into my into my practice. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so these are things that I think we need to just get, get by and just realize that, guess what? You are not a bubble. You have a whole system. Dentistry is a whole system of, right. of, of, of everybody coming together and saying, how do we make this better? You yeah. know, so I'm going to get off my, my stool. But I, I really appreciate you saying that, that it's, you know, there's a lot of other people that are in this this uh, uh, system here of DACA that we don't know about. We don't think about. We only see what the media wants us to see. But there's yeah, so many and, other factors that are in this. And I would I would even uh, do a broader stroke even just to say immigrants and refugees, because yes. one of the main things um, that you know, that many people were fearful of is the patient forms that dentists give their patients when they yes. first come in. You know, it's given to you like, oh, what's your social security? What employer do you work for? Right. Who? If you're an immigrant, why would you give that to a person that you've never seen? Doesn't look like you don't. You don't even know if that if that person will call ICE on you. Right, um, right. And also, like if if you're an immigrant, you speak another language, and you don't know if that person has those services to speak Spanish or Somali or yes. true. Like, yes. why would I come there if I don't feel safe and I don't feel represented? So mm. people just neglect their health because they're like, no one's speaking for me. 
Wow. That, that man, you actually just said something huge, Kyle. And I know that you and I, because because I know Kyle, you, you did you did did you do the um the uh, did you go over to Honduras? Yeah. When you were in times, dental school, yeah. Yeah. three you times. Did. Yep. yep. Right. So 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 somebody like yourself who actually got a chance to go to another country and do dentistry, uh, I, at least when I went, I felt great. When yeah. I went to Kenya, I felt great because I felt like I gave back to something. Right. right. It, I gave back to something bigger than myself. Right. And that's the problem. It's like, you know, what, what, what you said is so key. You want to be able to have somebody that will at least understand where you're coming from. Yeah. You know, in dentistry, like we think we're, we're very inclusive, but we're not. We need to do better. We need yeah. to do better for for uh, for so long. It was mostly dominated by males. Then mm -hmm. we got 50 50. Now it's 50 50 male females. Now we need to start now incorporating uh, 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 ethnicity into it. Right, so we can actually start doing this whole broad stroke of okay, cool. You, you, you're, you're Somali. Well, here's your dentist. You're, yeah. you're African. Here's your dentist. You know, you're Hispanic. Here's your dentist. And I think those are the kind of things that we need to get better with. You know, but let's fast forward again. I, I keep doing this to you. <laughs> let's fast forward again because there's so much we can talk about. Let's get to the part where you're now applying for dental school. The process that you went to, and if, and if you had any hurdles that you had to go through as somebody who was undocumented? Yeah, so mm -hmm. as a DACA student, um, I graduated in 2018. So I wanted to apply 2017, like um, right after I did my research at Caltech. And um, my status was taken because of the president. He didn't believe that this was a legal form of, um, a legal way for us to have our work permits and things. So he took it away. So what that literally meant was that if my work permit was effective until um, let's say August, 2018, it was as of that date, August, whatever he, he mentioned, it was like, you're, you're officially out of status. <laughs> so like, imagine like you're a college kid and you're looking for jobs and as soon as your status is taken away, it's like, okay, I can't even look for a job because mm -hmm. who's going to, who's going to pay me. Um, and so I wanted to apply to, to dental school then. Couldn't apply because I didn't have DACA status. And they there wasn't anything on AdSAS platform that said like undocumented. Right. Um, so there was DACA, but that was taken away. So I had to wait. And just in 2020, um, you know, the Supreme Courts were deciding whether DACA was legal or not. And they ruled in favor of DACA recipients. And so we got our status back. So once I got my status back, that is when I applied last year to apply to dental school. And once again, I've been visiting these schools. I've been um, connecting with students. I, I've been showing how eager I am to attend dental school, but it's like, I couldn't go. Now that I can, I'm ready. Um, so I could only afford at the time nine dental schools, and that's what I I, I went with. And what, I got what did you use with the majority of them actually? What did you do for the two years that you were, um, I guess, kind of in limbo? Yeah. So um, I was at Caltech, uh, basically doing uh, jellyfish regeneration research. Um, and then, so once I finished that fellowship, which is I got a fellowship through Amgen Scholars. Um, when I was done with that, um, my PI basically invited me back because he got funding from NIH to do a whole new lab here at UC Davis. And so he was like, can you come since you're free? And I was like, okay, but is, <laughs> I don't, you have nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't have anything to do. But like, is it okay that I'm undocumented? And they're like, they legally in California can't ask you about your status. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I left. 
left. I was like, okay, so I was going to Ohio and I was just like catch catch a whole flight across town, uh, the country I should say. And yeah, and then yes, I've just been doing basically research and regeneration uh, at UC Davis. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a qu question about DACA with, yeah. Uh, you had said to become a citizen, it's a couple thousand dollars, legal fees and stuff. So yeah. within DACA, you can stay in that program basically as long as you want to, or is there at some point where you're, you're supposed to be actively pursuing getting that citizenship or, or how does all that work? That would be amazing. That is something we're currently fighting for. And actually um, a draft of a legislation was passed in the house just this past week to have a pathway to citizenship because you're a DACA student. So different forms of this legislation has been brought before, but hasn't passed the Senate. Um, but yeah, that, that's the goal. Right now there's no pathway to citizenship. So the only means that you could get before I, most people got through the military. That's not an avenue anymore. Um, you can file through um, uh, your your sibling or your parent if they are a citizen or a spouse as well. So those are the three avenues. Um, well, not three avenues, two. <laughs> oh, yeah, two, to my understanding. There's only two through your like siblings and parents and then uh, a spouse. Okay. Okay. Yeah. When it comes to your dental school application, I remember, and Kyle, tell me if you had to go through this too. You know how like each school has like their health board or whatever that you go talk to, and they basically write you a letter recommendation to say whether or not you're a good candidate to go to dental school, med school, veterinary school, okay? Did you have to go through that? And how was that process for you? I did have to go through that. Um, so I wanted to apply the cycle of 2017, 2018. And so I did my interview then with my committee. And this committee was a committee of professors I've already had before, um, professors I've gotten A's and B's in. Um, and, you know, they basically made it like kind of like a mock interview, like why dentistry? Um, how, what do you see doing? And, you know, I put my best face forward and I told them, this is, this is my dream. And um, they're like, okay, well, we do know that there is a factor of your life that's basically undocumented. How do you see yourself um, being able to do this? And I was like, I have no idea. Um, I seriously don't, but I know that there have been DACA students who have. Um, and so I'm working with them right now just to find how they're doing that and how they're basically doing that is getting a co-signer. And they all like laughed like, who is going to co-sign dental school loans? Why? Yeah. Who, and I, I, I said, and I was like, well, I, I don't know yet, but that things can change by the time that I get my um, get into dental school because there are private loans, there are private scholarships. So um, that's something that um, some of the DACA students and like at OHSU have received. So I have no idea. It just depends on the school that I get into. And um, they, they were like, okay, outside of that currently, uh, we know that you've done some um, advocacy work for dentistry or things at, at, at Berea and before Berea, but like you haven't, uh, have you ever been in a dental chair? And I said, no, like I was undocumented, never had the chance to be in a dental chair. And so they're like, so how are you going to be a good dentist if you've never even been to the dentist? And I was like, I was like, well, I, I, I definitely think I can learn and um, you know, <laughs> I can learn how, how did all these men become gynecologists right, without ever right. sitting in a gynecologist chair? <laughs> uh, God forbid, God forbid you are an OBGYN and never gave birth. 
<laughs> and never gave birth to any child, then you are going to be a horrible OBGYN. <laughs> you, you guys out there who have never given birth are completely <laughs> missing out on the whole process of being a good OBGYN. Um, that is the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. Okay, Kyle, you got to calm me down. <laughs> <laughs> that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, and, yeah, and oh. I, so I told them, I was like, well, you know, that experience I can probably get while I shadow. Um, and Berea makes you, you know, the, the requirement for ADSAS in most dental schools is that you get at least 100 hours of shadowing. But Berea had, in order for you to pay, for them to pay for all expense, you had to have 300 hours plus for the, you to qualify um, to even get that full experience of being paid to shadow. So I got 380 hours of shadowing. Like I was there nine to five every day, even sometimes on Saturdays when my dentist was um, volunteering. So I, I got those hours in, but I, I guess, um, I guess it wasn't enough. And what was so sad was after I, I left that interview room, like, um, uh, yeah, I left that interview room and I was like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do dentistry. And I, I literally bawled my eyes out and I called, um, I reached out to my friend, Alora Aguilar, who was a DACA student at UCSF. And, and I like basically sent, because when it was starting to go left, I don't know what, what, what in me just was like, let me record this because maybe this is like actually true and I should actually start to figure out what to do. And I sent it to her and she was like, this is ridiculous. This is, this is, this is not true. Don't let them write your application. Don't let them recommend you. Like they don't know what they're talking about. And I, I felt torn because I had already seen the ADSAS application. You must have a committee letter. So I went to my, um, I went to my teacher that I was TAing for and she she knew my story. She's been so supportive of me. And I was like, can you just write mine individually? And she was like, no, it's like part of our policy that we you know we submit our letters and then it's like um, infused into the uh, recommendation letter. So there'll be parts of my recommendation letter in there. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. And I huh. had no choice. So hmm. I, I went with it. You know, because in uh, so when I applied to dental school 2004, 2005, uh, I actually put my packet together myself. I went to the board and Pitt, I mean, you, you know, Kyle, you should, know. you know, I went to the board, listened to what they said. They were like, oh, well, I don't, we don't think you should apply to dental school. Maybe you should do an, an um, uh, what's it called, uh, um, uh, and uh, uh, post back. And I was like, Okay, because, and everybody knows the story, like I failed biology one. Mm -hmm. So okay. they're like, well, you failed bio one, so you should do a post back. And I was like, okay, but you can see the rest of my other grades. Well, no, 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 but you failed bio one, so you should do a post back. And I still don't understand to this day why they honed in on, on, on that so much, you know? But anyway, so I just basically ignored that letter, threw that away. Had my own packet, made my own packets, and I got all my individual letters from my professors, put it together, and then mailed out my applications individually to all the schools. But apparently, I guess you can't do that anymore. No, which eliminates a lot of stuff. I mean, I guess it makes it easier for access to like compact everything together, but I feel like it's yeah. kind of lazy. I, I, mean, I did everything myself, and I, I mean, all my all, all my schools got back to me. Yeah, yeah you know? I had to, I had to kind of. Um, so what happened was, you know, I reached out to them last year, sorry, not the last year, like 2019 told them like, 
I I no I want to apply this upcoming year. Please have my um, application ready. <laughs> I mean, my recommendation ready. Here's also like my personal statement and things I've been doing um, during my gap year. Please try to incorporate this into my um, my recommendation letter. And I didn't get a response. And then um, it was March, and I was like, so I emailed them back, and I actually emailed my professor that I I actually confided in, and I told her like, can you tell them to send my my recommendation in early? And she was like, yeah. And then they they said that, you know, they they um, never got the link. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> so um, so so what's interesting is when the time came, like June 16th, this past cycle to submit on the first day, they still hadn't even had my recommendation letter in. But because they didn't, I was able to add three other recommendation letters in there. So I was able to get my apostle, I was able to get my PI and my boss. I just put that in there and my dentist and I put that in there and yeah. So three against one, I thought would win, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. That's what happened. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Kyle, anything before I fast forward again? <laughs> Cause I feel like you're blown away with this whole situation. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, I think we're ready to make a jump. So, okay, let's pass yeah. forward because because I really don't understand this. Uh, I mean, your school sounded amazing until you got to this point. I'll be honest sure. with you. <laughs> so, so let's 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 pretend that they didn't do any of that. Let's right. fast forward now. So now you got your uh, interviews. Yeah. Tell me how many schools you applied for, how many you got in, and then tell me what the hurdle was for the schools. Right, because you did jelly research, you you had enough time to go shadow enough people for like ten lifetimes. Uh, you know your grades. Can we ask like how you did grade wise? So I had a three point four GPA. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what about your DATs? My DAT was a nineteen. A nineteen. And so the average is a seventeen. At least when I was going through dental school, it's a seventeen. I'm not sure what it is now. It could be like a, a 99. I don't know how I these... think the average is still in 18. 18, okay. 17. Okay. okay. So so you're above average for that. And GPA wise, you're probably within the scope of GPA. So research should probably put you a little bit advanced, right? Because most people don't do that kind of research for that extended amount of time mm -hmm. and, and get paid for it. But so okay, so you fast forward. Now you're you're at the interview stage. Yeah. How do you talk to people about this whole DACA situation? Uh, because again, don't forget, you have financial issues you have to deal with. You have to have somebody co-sign for you. You yeah. are you may not even be able to be in the U.S. So, but before we talk about interviews, before we started the podcast, you talked where we had talked about you can't just apply to any dental school that you want to, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what I did was actually email every admissions officer I saw on their their website. Um, and, you know, that was like Howard, Meharry, um, UNC, Marquette, um, Tufts, um, where else did I? Uh, um, so these are schools that accept DACA? Yes. Okay, Oregon, okay, good. I want to make Oregon, sure. Oregon, um, UCSF, UOP, Western, Loma Linda, UCLA. USC and I emailed all of them and I was like, can I set up a meeting and just like really talk like, what is, do you, 
what what's interesting is like what I really want is I want a DACA student, but I can't like release information on this DACA student you have at your school. <laughs> Give so, me their information now. <laughs> yeah, so um, because that's the person I really I would really get more insight from. But right. I was like, you know, can I set up a meeting and can you tell me what you know about what the school is doing to support DACA? And um, really, honestly, some of them didn't even know what I was talking about, so that eliminated like three. Um, and then one, uh, Tufts just simply said that they don't accept uh, DACA students. Um, and so that eliminated, yeah, so that eliminated it back to, to nine. Um, and so I applied to those schools and um, yeah, I applied to those schools. So I got an interview first with Loma Linda. Um, I got an interview with Oregon, um, USC, UCSF, and Meharry. And mm. yeah, that's a lot so of those, so, so yeah, right. We were saying how many schools uh, there are, how many dental schools there are. And I want to say that there's what, like about 70 dental schools. And I can look yeah, at the number. Yeah, there's new ones, I think. Right. Yeah, every year, like and... another one. Yeah, every yeah. year, another one pops up. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, you're limited to, to 9 to 12. Oh, 15 yeah. schools. So you literally, like, you can eliminate, my God, so 50-some schools you can't even apply to at all. Yeah, yeah. Right, and each year yeah. there's probably like four thousand to six thousand students that are that get in, and like twelve to fifteen thousand, if not twenty thousand students that yeah. apply. And it's actually interesting because some of these schools are also like a reach for me. Like you know, UCLA's um, minimum GPA is a three point eight, but I was still encouraged. I was like, hey, why not? <laughs> why <laughs> why not try? Yeah. Right. And, so, so, so you're very limited on the schools that you can apply to. So you are basically saying, "Hey, these are my goal. This is my goal right here. Yeah. Like any, like if I applied, if Kyle applied, we would have seventy options. Yeah, mm -hmm. you have fifteen. I, I, I was always so envious of like people on like uh, there's like DAT and like uh, admissions Facebook. They would be like, oh yeah, I applied to twenty schools. I was like, Lord even just applying is expensive i was like yeah. i was like lord this a thousand make it work um yeah it's not easy money <laughs> no 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 i i, I was the same way i i mean and i'm sure kyle you were the same way like you have to be selective because i mean i don't have endless uh bank account yeah I, my yeah. parents didn't help me with any of this stuff so it was right. me like okay i gotta be selective let's look at yeah. oh, what options do i have not what only with applying but it's also the travel to get there if you do Thank get an you. interview yes i remember when i went to boston i stayed at a hostel basically i was in a room with six bunk beds okay <laughs> and it was me and like some other people that just basically <laughs> were just traveling through boston Mm -hmm. You know, and then then I get to my interview, and they're like, "Oh, what hotel did you stay at?" I was like, "Hotel? <laughs> what are you what are you talking?" About? I stayed at that that place, that house that has like six other people. And I remember I had to put my uh, luggage in a in a locker, and I had to bring a lock. Okay, you know what I mean. So 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 while everybody got a good night's sleep, I was getting people coming in and out of room while I was trying to sleep and get ready for the next day. You know, but it builds character. You know, yeah. it builds character. It, it really I, I don't. You know, I, I don't, I don't ever foresee myself doing that to my daughters. But my dad thought that was a good idea to do that to me. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's a character building opportunity. That's how I keep looking at it. You know, yeah, I mean? so it's sure. amazing. I, I was, I was just honestly blessed because I got a, I got to visit the schools before. I visited them while I was at Berea at Berea's expense, and then. Nice. Um, 
And then, mm. but then COVID happened and then we didn't have to go anywhere. I was like, Lord, look at you. Just yeah. like, <laughs> free, free. I was like, yeah. So I, in my heart, of heart, I was like, listen, if God can get me a free opportunity before he must do it now. <laughs> uh, is, you know, I'm not going to lie. You might be the only person that was excited about COVID. Because, <laughs> because you, you might be the only person on this earth that was like, COVID, not, not, not so bad because I, I don't have to travel. Right? Yeah, we talked about that, Kyle. Right, yep. the one interview we had. But you know, you don't you don't have to travel. You basically get to zoom everything. So you save so much money on expenses. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, uh, so so do you think that um, whenever you applied to the schools, do you think that there was a limitation on what schools were going to accept you and what they weren't going to accept because of the whole DACA situation? Do you think that schools that said, hey, we accept DACA students, do you think that they were just basically saying we accept one or two? So if there's they five of you applying. All of them. All of them okay. were saying one or two. All of them okay. were saying one or two. So you're like, still limited based on that as well. Yeah. So I knew it was, I was only fighting for one or two spots like wow. because OHSU um, I think, yeah, each of the schools I was told whenever it brought up DACA, they're like, oh, yeah, I know one. I know two. That was it. Like, so it was, I knew I was only get, going for two spots. And uh, yeah, I, I, fortunately, it was good because I didn't know any DACA that was applying. So I feel like I was just like, let me put my all into this and not feel bad that I'm taking a spot from someone. But like, I, every interview, like they, when I emailed them, you know, thanking them. And I had a few questions to give them about like clarifying from what our interview was. They always just, you know, I, it could have just been flattery, but they made it seem like that was the best one that day, like, uh, or said something to that um, extent. So I was like, feeling pretty proud of myself. Um, and yeah, and then I finally heard back December 15th. Oh, man. And then it was just USC that um, accepted me. And um, the rest were waitlisted and I took myself off of like the out of state ones mm -hmm. and then kept the in state ones. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you're, you're thinking about going to USC. I am going to USC. I paid that deposit. <laughs> you're, 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 she said no. She said I'm going. So so USC. USC is not a very cheap school. Correct. Very, very expensive. Let's just say general in general, dentistry, dental schools are very expensive. Yeah. But you're choosing one of the most expensive schools in yeah. the US. Yeah. Let's talk finances. You okay. said, and I quote, you were like, hey, I need somebody to co-sign for me. Yeah. How are you going to do this? Just going to ask the, the host of <clears throat> Tooth Be Told uh, that ha shares a common heritage with her uh, of being Ghanaian. So I think she's on here asking for your co-sign, Walter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I have no qualms. I have no qualms <laughs> in, uh, in doing that. You know, and I, you know, I appreciate, actually, I like the way you did that. If I can figure a way to build this house that I am, I'm building right now. Without inter if that's not going to interfere with me and this house that I have to build, then I'll, I'm, I'm You I'm forgot fine. the and one I'm important. To you got to ask your deal, wife. Just to sweeten the deal, I also have a savings I can give um, to help sweeten the deal, if that helps. I, I, listen, I, I'm not going to lie to you. If you gave me that money, I'm just going to put it towards this house. So <laughs> you don't want to do that. Put it towards something that's more beneficial. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, please yeah. put it towards something more beneficial. <laughs> like, like you are going to be able to graduate and make way more money than I am going to do with this house. This house is probably going to be more of like a, a money pit than anything else. You know? <laughs> they just know, know my kids and how much I spoiled them. 
but that's yeah. another story, you know, and I, I need to, I need them to listen to this years from now and be like, dad really did care about us. Cause I bet you when they're teenagers, they're going to be like, oh, he doesn't yeah. know anything. So I want you to, you know, I want us to date this day. And so that he, so that they know that I did, I tried, I tried. <laughs> no, but 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 please tell us like what is your what are your plans like how are you going to do this? Um, so I like I I still don't have a solid answer because okay. the thing the like I mentioned before, um, the person who would have been in the best position would be my parents, and they were actually deported while I was in college and in high school, and the co-signer also has to be a U.S. citizen, and so in my journey of this, um, I. I asked everyone I knew who was a citizen. Honestly, I asked my sisters. Um, I asked, I asked their their husbands, their respective husbands, and they 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 just couldn't. I mean, and at that time too, I hadn't even gotten into dental school, but it was already just like, oh, girl, no, we don't <laughs> think we can do this, yeah. and that that really hurt. Um, yeah. That really did hurt because it was just like. I don't know. They always made me feel like I was like the lifeline for our family to kind of bring us out of our situation. And here I am trying and hoping for their investment and they, they can't. And so, um, yeah, I'm actually honestly just waiting until because USC hasn't given me like any information about like what private loans, what rates, um, what aid I may even get. So I'm just like, honestly, I'm just leaving it up to God and waiting because yeah. That's that's everything. Everything up until this moment, even with like DACA being taken away, I think what has it, it what it's really taught me is that what whatever I want, I just have to wait for it. So I, I'm waiting, and we'll see. Um, and oddly enough, people one person has asked like, why don't you just reapply? And I actually looked into it. I was like, okay, sure, let's like do the cycle again. But I would have to apply to the same schools right. again. And uh, I talked to you know the dean of diversity at one of the schools, and he was like, they frown upon that actually. Um, so, yeah, the fact no, no, that no, no. You're, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna do it this year. That's not an issue. Here's the one thing that I mean, a lot of people don't realize is your federal. So the federal government pretty much takes a, a good amount of your loans up to a certain amount. I want to mm -hmm. say it's like 200, Kyle. Correct me if, if you know this, 200, 250, right? And then after that, the, the private loans kick in more. Now, it, it, my whole dental school was federal loans. Right. Everything. There was really, and that, getting back to government, I think that's one of the problems why dental school has continued to get more and more expensive because- mm -hmm. The government has basically come in and said, "Whatever you want, need to charge these students, we'll we'll lend the money for that." So that makes them say, "Well, well, I can keep raising rates. I'm going to get more income as a as a business. So if somebody's going to cover it, if somebody's going to pay for it." Um, so yeah, I had when I graduated, I was three hundred sixteen thousand in debt, and that was hundred percent federal student student loans. Mm -hmm. So three hundred and sixteen thousand, and it was all federal. Yes. Uh, student loans. Okay, because for me it was four fifty five, and I want to say that I didn't hit private loans until um, Perio, my Perio residency. Okay. You see, so because undergrad, I pretty much had most of it uh, covered by scholarships. It wasn't until dental school and then uh, uh, undergrad, or I'm sorry, until Perio that I had to deal with that. So you don't get that option of the 300,000 plus 
Mm-hmm. You that know, um, that sucks. I, I've also I've also thought about this. Like I, um, I really did think about this, and um, my family has really just been supportive outside of like finding me a co-signer. Um, and what we've done is I'm right now in the process of actually changing my immigration status through the familial process uh, mm-hmm. way because two of my older sisters are also citizens. Mm-hmm. So um, you know that that is supposed to. My lawyer is saying that the longest she's ever had um, anyone wait for that is two years. And right now I am a year and three months. So I'm hoping it kicks in while I'm in dental school and then I can get uh, yeah, get federal um, in some capacity. And so, yeah, that's that's also a prayer point for me. So, wow. So we have a lot of prayer. We have a lot, a lot to pray for. All that's been getting me through. So your whole experience so far, um, if you were the one that's put in charge of immigration for the United States Uh with uh, deciding who comes in, who doesn't, how things are funded, with you going through the whole process of being undocumented, then DACA, then not DACA, now DACA again, and working towards citizenship, how would you fix the system? That's tough. That's a tough question, Kyle. That's like, I, I, you, I know. I know it is. How do you cure? How do you cure cancer, Kyle? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, I just think what's interesting is that they have some. They have some parts of the immigration. Like, I'm not saying we should get it and take it away. Like, I definitely think there's a reform because there's some good parts about it. Like, for instance, I, I'm sure you guys have heard of the like green card lottery. Um, mm-hmm. Right. I definitely think they already have a platform to screen people before the, they come in. And these are people who are not specialized. Mm-hmm. Right. So if there are people who are at the border, put them through that same screening that you do for people around the country um, before choosing their, their number and doing that background check on them. Because I think, you know, the main the main argument of American people is they want to be safe. They want their families to be safe. Right. So then just do the background check that you do on every one of us and like facilitate with these governments that, you know, that are sending their, well, not sending, but like that people are coming from their countries and work with them. I think it's a great opportunity to get more communication going between like Mexico and the way, especially when you think of Canada and U.S. relations, they have that communication going on. I think it's a a limitation in um, relationships that's really causing this, at least when it comes to the border situation. And then those who are already here, you've already screened them if you've given them DACA. You've already seen what they're doing. Most of us are specializing in a type of field that's already boosting the economy. So create a pathway to citizenship for them. And most likely we'll pass that history test better than an American would. No, I know oh, this. Definitely, definitely. I can guarantee you. If you ask the people, what are the three the three uh, branches of government? I can guarantee you, ninety percent people won't know. So that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> Have you talked to any DACA dental students? Oh yeah. Yeah, I know four. I know okay. four. One has one who has graduated, and he had to work while he was in dental school. And I don't. He he literally was like, I didn't eat. Like I didn't yeah. have, I, I was the skinniest I was in my life. He doesn't recommend it. Um, I, I thought about that honestly, and I don't mind being skinny. I could lose weight. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I, I, if I had to work a job to pay for dental school while I was in dental school, there, there's just not enough hours in the day. I Thank dental you. school was, Thank you know, you. 
it wasn't a full-time job. It wasn't 40 hours a week. It was, you know, I, I slept 89, yeah. and, and yeah. I went to dental school and studied and, and that was it. There was no time. I mean, if you're, you know, photographic memory and don't have to study that's, that's one thing, but for the vast majority, at least for me, it was, I studied, I went to class and I slept and that was it. So I don't see how working is even, you know, a job that, you know, a part-time job that pays you 10, 15, 20,000 a year, if you're lucky, that's a drop in the bucket when it comes to your know, $70,000 a year. Yeah, for sure. Um, can, and can we just, yeah, can we just most say, of them, yeah, sorry. No, I'm sorry. Can we just say that um, in the end, uh, we hope, I hope, I hope that this podcast kind of allowed people to understand that there are so many different things going on when it comes to immigration mm-hmm. and that, you know, when you look on, uh, you know, online or look online or look in the, you know, uh, Fox news, CNN, and all these other BBC, and you see people going across the border, you're thinking, Oh, those are doc, but there's your face. There is somebody that you probably never thought of who is trying to become a dentist so they can help you out. Yeah. You know, and they're having so much issues just even trying to get to the position to help you out. A lot of people, you know, when they apply for dental school, their their statement is like, oh, well, my dentist, my dad is a dentist or, oh, oh, my dentist saved my life somehow. And, and all of a sudden, I'm in this, you know, I love teeth and all this other stuff. And you have somebody who's legitimately going through so many hurdles just to get to dental school. So I really hope that people appreciate you know, your story and appreciate what you had to go through. And if you can at least get in contact, maybe with me or Kyle, I want to talk to that guy who uh, finished dental school, you know, as a DACA student. I want to, I want to get his story because you're yeah. not getting into the story. I want to see what the middle and the end looks like. Yeah, his is um, very interesting because Oregon, what the thing was he is an Oregon resident and he, he can explain when I connect you guys, but he was an Oregon resident. And so they had like a in-state scholarship for Oregon residents who are DACA to actually be able to go to med school or dental school. And that's, that's how he made it. And um, I didn't find that out until I interviewed. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, was about, he was about to move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, huh? Right. <laughs> Very easy. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, and UCSF is just a whole different thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you regret um, picking dentistry? No, I mean I know I know that. Look, look, you're already in. So yes, yeah. truth be told. Yeah. You regret picking such a hard path to try to get to your end goal, right? I'm sure you could have done any. You could have started a business, and it'd be a lot easier than this. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so you regret going through this whole process because you gave up two years of your life where you didn't do it, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, I did, and I, I learned a lot in that time too. Um, no offense to jellyfish anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> no offense to jellyfish out there. No, no, honestly, I I learned. I honestly, I felt, you know, when you say, I really agree with that sentiment of like you're studying and then you have classes and you sleep. That was ever since high school and ever since like DACA came that lit like a fire under my butt like yeah. and I've been going really hard trying my best and so this two-year gap was a blessing because I was tired. <laughs> I was <laughs> tired I was mentally exhausted like I honestly I didn't even know if I loved learning at that point um mm. and 
during my gap year, I got to learn more languages. I've learned Japanese. I've learned Chinese. I am brushing up on my Spanish. I'm brushing up on my tree. Thank my mom. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, like, so I, I feel like I've actually finally rounded my, so, you know, they want a holistic applicant, but I feel like now I'm actually finally whole, like I'm actually now ready to put my all into dentistry. Um, but yeah, I, tr I tried, you know, I was, I wrote for the New York times. I use my skills and I still feel like all those other things just, um, don't give me that level of satisfaction as it would from what I'm, from what I remember from shadowing and that life fulfillment. Yeah. I don't think I would do anything else. And honestly, even with becoming a lawyer, anything that I really wanted to do, graduate school, I would still have faced these same challenges. There, yeah. there are more graduate schools that don't accept DACA students. So I would get it wherever I go. Wow. So is there anything that you wanted to, to say to any of the listeners out there? Uh, any uh, plea for help or any uh, <laughs> anything along those lines that <laughs> um, yeah honestly I'm not I, I'm really it's not in my character to beg but if there is someone out there that finds a way to help me I would be so honored and blessed and I can definitely tell you a whole village in Africa or Ghana will be there to support you and like give you their thanks um, because honestly um I know what this means for my family. I know what it means for me. Um, and I, I'm ready. I'm ready to put it all in. And for any other DACA student that's, you know, pursuing med or um, any higher education, you know, I just, my faith is really important to me. And God didn't say that this life was going to be easy. But in the waiting, you know, you're being refined and there's something better. There's something better. There's something always better. Would you be, okay. would you be comfortable giving out any kind of contact information that somebody could yes. reach out to you? Maybe, sure. maybe, um, maybe she can, she can, uh, sponsor you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, follow me. Hi. Hi. Oh, um, but yeah, I have an um, Instagram. Um, it's called study Dr. Pow Pow. So S T U D Y Dr. D R P A O P A O. Awesome. That's yes. <laughs> and, and, and if you're, if you're a pre dental student or even a dental student, uh, and you have uh, clubhouse, she is on there and uh her and a, a lot of dental students uh i mean they're doing really great things and yeah I mean, so if you do get oh by the way i know you're an android user i'm also an android user die hard i'm not converting um but actually that's the reason why i'm able to get on there is through my ipad um but um what i would definitely say is um i lost my train of thought oh my Oh, future, uh, future minority dentist is on Clubhouse, um, and we have like dentists and dental students really advising pre-dents and really dentists advising, um, advising dental students as well. And um, we have so many events coming up. We have one tomorrow about orthodontic residency and becoming an orthodontist. Um, and then later on, we've tackled so many subjects like racism in dental school, um, you know, imposter syndrome in dental school. Uh, financing dental school. Um, we've also talked about looking at contracts when you first graduate dental school. So I think there's enough for everyone to go around and learn and be encouraged. So uh, I, will, I will say two things. Uh, Kyle will be wonderful when it comes to contracts. Like this man, he he's a lawyer. I mean, you may not know. <laughs> he's pretty much a lawyer. And then the second thing that. is, I don't know why you interviewed an orthodontist. They don't. They're not dentists. So we'll eliminate that part. <laughs> 
You know, so, so let them know that I said that. And, uh, oh, you and can give, come on and say it yourself. Well, I, let me know. I mean, I'll, be <laughs> Tomorrow, I'll be like, I'll be like, so I'll be like, so when did you give up on dentistry? <laughs> so when did you give up on dentistry? But uh, <laughs> but let's go ahead and uh, end it off here. Uh, okay. I honestly believe that you are gonna get into dental. You you're gonna excel in dental school. Not even get in, but excel in dental school. And uh, my daughters tell me to get off of this. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I really believe that you know if there's any way anybody can help you, they will. And they should. They should. And you you know, I I mean, like you said, your faith is what's gonna lead you through all this, right? And when you get into dental school, you'll realize that like your faith is what's gonna carry you through dental school. Because yeah. there are some times where you just want to give up, <laughs> you yeah. know. There's some times where you just want to be like, I, I don't even know why I chose this route. You know, yeah. it's like you went through, and you especially went through so much. You're gonna get to dental school and be like, why did I do this again? You know? <laughs> but but stay yeah. strong and remember this that you know Kyle and I went through this and we we lean on you. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, but we lean on you just to give us the uh, the, the the encouragement to give yeah. us the. You know the the foresight to say, "Hey, we chose this, and people want to do what we're doing." So yeah. we're actually very blessed to be in the position that we're in. As much as we complain, you know, Kyle, you, we you, do. You, right? you remind but, us of why we chose the why we wanted to do what we do. Exactly. Thank you. I couldn't have said and I'll it be better. I'll you guys too moving forward for Absolutely. sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. But we will let you go. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Oh, by the way, you know, she actually called me out. She's like. Hey, do you know how to put your podcast on other platforms? And I was like, <laughs> forgive, me, forgive me, I'm old, you know. What I mean? So, so she's my, she's our uh, official, unofficial communication <laughs> slash get it out to the world. Uh, uh, you know, I can help uh, run your Instagram. I don't yeah, know. Listen, I'll we're see. we're not gonna pay you. Okay? <laughs> we're, we're not we're not gonna pay. <laughs> Let's. Let's put it out there right now. We are not going to pay you, but we appreciate you. <laughs> we appreciate you, you know. But no, honestly, thank you so much for coming on. We definitely yes, appreciate thank you. you. you know? uh, and we hope to talk to you soon. Right? Yes, sure. Come back on and let us know how everything's going. Yeah, I will. All right, cool. Take care, guys. <laughs> That's uh... Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.